Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. podcast from the International Motorsports Association and Radio Show Limited. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. Live from Trackside, this is IMSA Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome along to IMSA Radio. Uh, and we'll be getting together with IMSA TV in a little while as well. Wherever you are, you will undoubtedly enjoy the sound and vision of a sports car that really is synonymous with sports car racing, the Porsche 911. Some great news about the uh, Porsche Championships uh, in IMSA announced this week. We'll take you through all of that, plus some great racing here on IMSA Radio and IMSA TV. Stand by as we go Porsche Cup racing from the beautiful surroundings of Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course, the second of three events this brilliant IMSA racing weekend. The Porsche GT3 Cup Challenge USA by Yokohama on IMSA Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome along to Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course. Uh, we've been allowed to... Uh, Invite in some of our closest friends. Yes, we have a limited number of spectators for what has already been a, a fabulously entertaining weekend. And just adding a little extra richness to what has already been a very fine, fine meal. We have Porsche Carrera, uh, Carrera Cup USA by Yokohama. Lexington, Ohio, that's where we are. And since 1962, well, actually 1963, since the course was put into the form that it is now, this tight, twisty and technical circuit of mid-Ohio sports car course has been challenging some of the best in the world. It's an old course, but it's a course that still stands the test of time. We talk about turn four, but we also talk about the carousel and the keyhole and Thunder Valley. These are... This is a circuit that has names as well as numbers. Uh, we've already had one race this weekend. We will have another. This is uh, the middle part of the weekend as IMSA as a series and the Porsche Carrera Cup USA by Yokohama are playing a little bit of catch-up. I'm John Hindorf and Jeremy Shaw uh, is joining me to describe the action for you. Uh, a field, Jeremy that uh, is small but perfectly formed here this weekend. Full Gold Cup uh, USA uh, entries and 11 GT3 Cup USA Platinum entries. And you have the grid for us. Yes, I do. This is round eight of 16 in this year's Porsche GT3 Cup Challenge USA by Yokohama. 15 cars. There are uh, 11 platinum entries and four from the Gold Cup category. Starting at the back in the 15th position, David Brule Sr. in car number 48. And by the way, the uh, qualifying 
the grid position for this race to set according to yes to the fastest laps in this morning's race. 14th on the grid, Efren Castro in car number 65, alongside Bart Collins, who led much of the race this morning in Gold Cup in car number 22. Row 6 of the grid is Joseph Lombardo in car number 92, Richard Edge in car number 18. His teammate from ACI Motorsports, car number 17, Kurtz Waringen, will start in 10th position. Those two separated in their fastest laps this morning by 0.004 of a second. Yes, that close. Ninth on the grid, car number 57, is Franklin Razzo. At row four of the grid, Michael Manella in car number four, and Charlie Luck in car number 45. Row three, Kenny Murillo in car number 56, and Sean McAllister, who yesterday had a, an engine sensor problem in qualifying, which is why he was struggling yesterday, but came back superbly this morning to get onto the podium in car number 11. Row two of the grid, another comeback drive this morning from Sebastian Carrazzo, had an off yesterday in qualifying, that's in car number 27 alongside the Masters Cup Championship leader is kind of a 99, that's Alan Metney. Onto the front row of the grid. It's the same front row as this morning, but in a different order. This morning's pole sitter, Riley Dickinson, for more speed, will start second in car number 53. And starting on the pole position, he won the race and set fastest lap this morning in car number 16 for Kelly Moss Roden Race from Canada is Jeff Kingsley. Thank you, Jeremy. It's the usual situation here at Mid-Ohio with the cars going past the finish line now and they'll form up and go side by side. But the although the clock has started, the race has not as they will be given the green flag halfway down the back straight towards turn number four. Fabulous news coming uh, this week, Friday of the 2021 IMSA Porsche uh, Carrera Cup USA, excuse me, Carrera Cup North America. Uh, and that will incorporate drivers from uh, Canada and the USA, as well as the rest of North America. And uh, that will start next year with the new cars, the 992s, up to 20, we are led to believe, will be made available. But that's in the future. We have the 2020 championship to decide. And side by side then, beautiful formation coming down to the green flag. All of the cars in two by two, waiting for the green flag. Jeff Kingsley, does he go for the jump early? There is the flag. He had to wait. It was thrown with some vigour there on the start to stand and Jeff gets the jump in the number 16 car that's the white car with the green stripe down the middle Riley Dickinson does not get a good run and Sebastian Carrazzo in the bright uh, yellow car with the orange hindquarters and the stripe down the middle has gone through into second place brilliant manoeuvre Alan Metney in the mostly white Porsche with the uh, black roof and the iFly livery on that he's looking very menacing uh, as well Kingsley then from Carrazzo moving up into second further down the field the number 11 Sean McAllister for JTX Racing in the shell coloured car goes over the top of turn 9 into Thunder Valley as the leaders are already coming round to complete what will be the first racing lap remember two classes here the 991 generation 2 cars which will still be eligible 
next year. Uh, and the older 991 Generation 1 cars, we've got some cars from 2014. Kurt Swearingen, in fact, who leads that category, has a 2014 car. What a servant that has been to Porsche Racing and to Kurt down through the years. But it's Kingsley that leads from Carrazzo in second into third place for Riley Dickinson. Riley Dickinson will be very annoyed with himself there, Jeremy. For the moment, at least, he squandered a front row start. Indeed so, and he did it this morning as well. He's got to work on his starts as Riley, the youngster from uh, from New Braunfels in Texas. Uh, but he's uh, going to try and make his way forward. But at the moment, he's under increasing pressure from Alan Metney. And it's Alan Metney who makes a move to the inside to get set, takes over third place ahead of Riley Dickinson. Boy, this is uh, surprising to see Riley Dickinson falling back in his early stage. Going to have a look at the inside of turn six. I don't think he's close enough unless Alametni gives him room, which he does, very gentlemanly-like. But he does a good job, does Alametni, not only to make sure that he wasn't going to be sideswiped by Riley Dickinson. He left, in case he'd left his brake a little bit too late, he was able to get a good run off that corner and maintain that third position. So Alametni, the master, in third place. When I say master, for the four experienced drivers in this race, in lifestyle. Yeah, ma master in life, yes, definitely. Uh, and has really ha hit a, a pretty rich vein of form this year. Uh, has had some cracking results, including an overall victory. The first uh, in the Masters class since Craig Dewison did that many years ago. And uh, Alan setting off then in hot pursuit of the 27 car of Sebastian Carrazzo, who's just paused there for a moment because I just thought the leader had gone a little bit deep actually into the uh, into the keyhole at the top of the hill and I was just wondering whether he's going to get around. He did. Jeff Kingsley survives. <laughs> he's pulled out a 1.7 second uh, lead and I mean, there's nothing wrong with Jeff starting, is there? I mean, if Riley Dickinson has a little question mark over his start, uh, you can't say that about Jeff. You certainly can't. No, he's been absolutely superb, hasn't he? And uh, the other car that's been on the move here at the start is that Apex Capital car that we're looking there, car number 56, driven for such a long time by David Baker. Uh, it was a very distinctive looking car with a primarily, primarily white but with uh, blue, yellow and orange stripes on the side. It's, it looks, the car looks great. Uh, David Baker... He's uh, kind of hung up his helmet. He was involved in a nasty crash at Road America earlier this season. Uh, a veteran of this series, 98 starts to his name. But it was a really nasty crash he had. He stepped out of the car, and to his in immense credit, he's given a great opportunity here for the youngster from California, Kenny Murillo, to take the wheel of that number 56 car. Murillo now in the fifth position. Yeah, I had a brush with the uh, law earlier on uh, today uh, when there was a bit of contact and uh, I had to, I think, come through the pit lane, if I remember uh, rightly, Kenny Marillo, but certainly was driving uh, very quickly indeed. Kurt Swearingen puts the uh, fastest lap in for the Gold Cup category. That's the 129. The Gen 2 cars do have a little more power, electronically uh, enhanced uh, engine performance there bit of tuning on the electrical side uh, of things and engine management nowadays is the way in Jeremy and I's days we would have had the heads off and been polishing the valves and stuff like that well nowadays it's all done electronically big lock up by Sean McAllister down Ooh. the inside of Murillo and that was almost inevitable wasn't it as they came together huge huge lock up for 
McAllister in that JDX racing car. The front Yokohama is locked up and crying enough. He's managed, I think, to stay out the gravel. Don't go any further back. But he was trying to come from a long way back there, Jeremy, down into <laughs> turn four, and it just, it just wasn't going to work. No, it wasn't, and uh, credit to him there. I mean, it would have been much easier to slam into the side of, uh, of Kenny Murillo. He did a good job to kind of pinch it down a little bit, but in doing so, just lost the back end of the car, and around it goes. But uh, it was a good save. He did keep it out of the gravel, and a brilliant avoidance mover, I think, particularly from Michael Manella in kind of a four for MCR racing. I mean, he was uh, looking almost directly into the eyes, most likely, of uh, Sean McAllister there. But Michael Manella... He is the national sales manager at Nation Safe Drivers, and I think he showed his prowess there in making sure there's no additional contact or even no contact at all. Gertz Waring, and then in the ACI Porsche with the white front end and the lime green colourway, including the lime green wheels matching beautifully this weekend here at Mid Ohio. It's the Chattanooga Whiskey sponsored car as he now sets off. He's inside the top 10 already, a slightly reduced field of, uh, of platinum cars, but he's been a top 10 finisher on a number of occasions already this year for ACI Motorsports. And the good news for him is he has one of the platinum cars in the ship, the right motorsports, the Lombardo a car in between him and Bart Collins. Uh, and that will give him a little bit uh, of uh, cover with Joseph Lombardo uh, in that uh, number 92 car, just uh, as I say, giving him a little bit of colour. Oh, China Beach has claimed another victim, and in has gone Bart Collins. I mentioned his name. That really was the cur curse of the commentator there. I, I was talking about him, but not praising him, and he still uh, uh, managed to go off the track. Now, what I didn't say, Jeremy, uh, was, was whether he got a helping hand there or whether that was self-inflicted. Yes, uh, not sure. Well. Uh... Well, he, yeah, he was having, a, he just had a fantastic run this morning. A brilliant qualifying yesterday for, for Bart Collins. Put that car on the pole position in goal category. That's a first for him. Uh, and he led for half of the race. He had a chain of cars behind him. He eventually made uh, a couple of mistakes, but it's been, yeah, you know, you, you only learn by making mistakes, don't you? So he's certainly done that this weekend as Bart Collins, and he's just getting closer and closer to the pace, to, to the ultimate pace here. But uh, unfortunately, that mistake is going to be a costly one, and that's going to cost him at least a lap before he's uh, able to get that car going again. And a full course caution ensues, as you might imagine. Uh, that is a very fast run down the hill to turn four. Uh, and the IMSA Chevrolet safety truck already making its way down there. They've got a selection of very long straps to get errant race car drivers and their steeds out of the deep gravel trap. But the gravel trap did its job there, arrested the speed uh, of Bart Collins in that uh, blue number 22. And the MCR racing car then is, has already dropped one lap. And I would suggest, Jeremy, it might be uh, another one at least, possibly even two. Uh, nice move by Sebastian Carrazzo early on to get up into second place. And Riley Dickinson now in fourth position. Well, he gets another crack at it. So he'll have another rolling start. There'll be line astern, of course, single file restart. And it will be at the finish line for the green flag restart once we get back under green flag conditions. Yes, it will. And uh, we've got a, a tremendous battle in the championship, primarily between Jeff Kingsley and Riley Dickinson. And uh, coming into this weekend, 
uh, they were separated by uh, only nine points and it looked like Riley Dickinson had the upper hand because he qualified on pole for this morning's race. But unfortunately, as we talked about a little while ago, he gave away that advantage at the start. Or Jeff Kingsley took away that advantage at the start, led throughout. So Jeff Kingsley has extended his lead by three more points coming into this race, which will be the halfway point in the season. Amazing, isn't it, uh, that we're into late September and we're still only halfway through the season. What a crazy year it has been this year. Difficult to get into a rhythm, of course, if you thought your year was starting in uh, March or April, as uh, many series do. IMSA, of course, had races in January at Daytona for the Rolex. The Porsche series was one of the championships, the, Por the IMSA Porsche uh, Cup Challenge, USA by Yokohama, um, was one of the series that hadn't really got started there. Did they go out for a practice session at, at yeah. St. Pete's? But they didn't yeah, get to didn't. race there with the IndyCar. <laughs> right. I think, I think yeah, the IndyCars didn't get out, but I think everybody else did that weekend uh, to get out and do one one practice session. Yeah, kind of a, a false start to the season. Yeah, immensely frustrating. Now, I think we've got Barton. Yes, well, yes, indeed so. Indeed so. I think we've got Bart going again uh, on the race control channel. It says the car 22 is running slowly or stopped. Yeah. So a little bit dusty, a little bit disappointed, but still running and no dents in the car. So there's an NSD there on, on on that car, John, that uh, national safe driver. Uh, his, uh, his teammate, Michael Manella, uh, carries those colours or different colours on the car, but he carries that... Uh, inscription as well he's doing his best to, as much as he can here to to weave around and try and get as much gravel out of that car as he possibly can and one got to hope he doesn't uh, lay too much of it on the racing line because that's going to make things very tricky for the uh, for everybody else it's jeremy shaw i'm john hindorf you listening to imza radio as we bring you live coverage of the second round of the weekend for the porsche GT3 Cup Challenge USA by Yokohama. Mark Collins then, just looking in those uh, front intakes there. The Cup cars still have radiators behind there. Well, they look pretty clean. They do have a protective mesh uh, on the front of those three intakes, one either side in front of the front wheels and the big one in the middle. All kinds of uh, water and oil coolers behind there. Been a long time now since... Uh, Porsche went to water-cooled engines. The Type 996 was the first in 1990, end of 1997, beginning of 1998. What a history the Porsche 911 has as a racing car, leading them around a more modern version than that. And the lights are still on uh, on the safety cars. It comes down to the scene of Bart's accident and incident uh, few moments ago. Le Mans last weekend, I noticed they had the new Taycan uh, using uh, that as pace and safety car for the Porsche Cup race that was held there. The two Carrera Cups from uh, France and Germany, along with a few invited entries from uh, the uh, Benelux countries. And as ever, excitement, incident uh, and entertainment are plenty on the eight and a half miles of 
Le Mans as the Saturday morning, one of the Saturday morning supports to the 24 hours of Le Mans. Coming down to 30 minutes to go, and the lights are now out uh, on the bright yellow Porsche Turbo 911 safety car. So that leaves the field under the control of Jeff Kingsley. And remember, they will go to the green flag on the finish line. So from the carousel down to turn one, and it will be single file, not as we saw for the start of the race some what nearly 15 minutes ago so when will Jeff Kingsley decide to make his move answer quite early gets good drive out of the carousel no need for him to defend into the first corner as Sebastian Carrazzo was nowhere near making a move Riley Dickinson is the closest I think to improving his position he's got a lovely run through turn one as they climb the hill might not be quite close enough to Alan Metney Alan staying towards the middle of the road before he drifts over to the left hand side just covering the inside a little bit so Alan was feeling the heat there but it's another great start or indeed restart from Jeff Kingsley for Kelly Moss Road Race Jeremy yeah, indeed. And uh, the number four car, by the way, of Bart Collins did go behind the wall. So it's it's uh, back in the pits and, and behind the wall. So they'll, I'm sure they'll try and get right, that car ready for tomorrow. Meanwhile, there's that shell livery car, the uh, white, red and yellow car of Sean McAllister, taking advantage of this caution period and working his way through the field again after that spin a few laps ago. Yeah, and that's close things up again, as you rightly say. He still sits in 13th overall. That's 10th in the platinum because he's got the three remaining gold cup cars Mark Collins in that number 22 behind the wall as reported there by Jeremy Shaw under half an hour to go we started with 45 minutes uh, on the clock so a little bit of racing fuel being burned off the Yokohamas getting put through another heat cycle here and still the man most likely to improve is Riley Dickinson the most speed driver with that stylized M that looks like claw marks on the front fenders the uh, front wheel arches uh, of the number 53 car which was so close in behind Alan Metney as they came down to turn one you actually couldn't see it they were driving he was driving in the wheel tracks of the 99 iFly car again Metney stays to the middle of the road in the braking area for the turn at the top of the hill the keyhole that's all right. I, I have no problem. Alan is picking his line and he's sticking to it there, Jeremy. He's not cutting back across onto the racing line in the braking area. I think that's fine. He's just letting Riley know that he knows he's there. And if he's going to go around, he's going to have to go around the long way. I think that's reasonable driving. I uh, will absolutely agree with you. Car number 48, David Brule Sr. bringing the number 48 car onto the pit lane. Not quite sure why uh, that would be. He was running in the uh, 13th position unlucky for some so he's uh, he's going to make for the pit lane has he rejoined yet no i don't think he has but meanwhile no, this battle for for third place is continuing and um number 99 car uh, has it right now and riley dickinson though he wants to get past because he wants to keep himself within striking distance of jeff kingsley in the championship he's already got one car well he's got two cars in between them right now so that'll be a good uh, extended lead in the points for the Canadian if it stays this way yeah with, if he's got any uh, communications to the pit wall I'm sure he'd be letting Sean McAllister the fast recovering Sean McAllister in that Shell JDX car through that is not his battle he has done exactly that as they come across the start finish line and into turn one so the Shell car will come through in ninth position overall and ninth in the platinum class Joseph Lombardo still between Swearingen and uh, 
Efren Castro in that uh, GT3 Gold Cup category. Second place, Carrazo dropped away by two and a half seconds to the leader. Great restart, and the, p the pin has been pulled by the white and green. Kalimos Roden Race, Porsche, and its driver, Jeff Kingsley, has been very, very impressive this season, Jeremy. Uh, it's, uh, it's always a tough thing to do to find advantage in a spec series. These cars aren't the easiest to drive. They have the minimum of electronic aids, uh, very unusually for, for motor racing. Oh, we'll get back to, to that in a moment. David Brill Sr. Uh, yeah, came back out, but he's been off, certainly been off the circuit because he's got some grass cuttings uh, in there, and that was his out lap. So whatever they did uh, has either not solved the problem or he's had a further issue and... The problem for everybody else is that if that car with 26 minutes remaining isn't far enough off the circuit, we might have to recover that under a full course yellow again. Yeah, I think turn that was one, probably by the on, way, that is. I think it was on the exit of turn one, yeah, yeah on the right, on the left-hand side of the racetrack. The good news is there is an overlap there. I think uh, that car might be able to, the, the marshals who do a fantastic job here, of course, at Mid-Ohio, as everywhere, might be able to get that car pulled behind the wall sufficiently so we don't have to go full course caution. Let's hope so. Well, at the moment, we stay green with 25 and a half minutes to go. Just back to what I was talking about there, uh, Jeremy, um, and these cars quite unusually for racing cars nowadays whilst they do have some electronic aids um, it is effectively a two-pedal car uh, nowadays there's no healing and towing and having to use a clutch pedal but other than that the uh, the braking and the acceleration well that's all down to driver feel and Riley Dickinson doing a good job to hassle the number 99 at the moment but no T no TCR, no traction control, uh, and no anti-lock braking system, which is very unusual on GT cars nowadays. Yeah, I mean, and these cars don't they demand a, a pretty unique driving style. It really isn't applicable to, to many other cars out there. But you know, the, the drivers who, who who get familiar with this style, uh, you know, it's it does take some getting used to. And I think that's certainly the case for somebody like Kenny Marillo in kind of a 56, who's next in line behind this pair that are dicing for the uh, third and fourth positions, Alan Metney and Riley Dickinson. But, you know, they, they, it is a bit of a, an acquired taste, but it's an acquired experience to get the most out of these cars. Often being said, if you can drive a Porsche Carrera Cup car, you can drive most things quickly. Uh, at the moment, Kelly Moss Road and Race have the top three positions. Uh, Kelly Moss and AM Motorsports, in fairness for Alan Metney, he is the AM of AM Motorsports. He's under the biggest pressure at the moment, guys. Jeff King... I'm hearing from the pit lane, the number 48 car, the, the clutch uh, has uh, has given up the ghost as uh, David Brule Sr. tried to leave the pit lane. So that's why that car was pulled off to the left-hand side of the racetrack. Meanwhile, back out on track, this battle continues. It's Alan Metney who has third position, but there's less than uh, a couple of car lengths or so between these cars at the best of times for Alan Metney, the Masters driver. He won the championship, the Masters championship each of the last two years. And as John Hindhoff was saying a little while ago, he scored a, an overall victory uh, just a couple of races ago. The first time for five years that anybody had done that. Six years anybody had done that. And uh, he has certainly been contending at the front of each of the races this season. 
across the line they go to complete lap 13 the race leader is uh, Jeff Kingsley I think he's just matching uh, he's just really a relatively conservative pace at the front of the field he's, he knows his main contender for the championship that's Riley Dickinson in that number 53 car carrying the colours of the state of Texas on the hood for the Moore Speed team which is based in Austin, Texas uh, Riley Dickinson himself from uh, just down the road in, in New Braunfels between Austin and San Antonio the youngster is just 18 years of age the youngest driver in the field is Riley Dickinson but right now it's uh, the Masters driver Alan Metney who is leading the way in third position this battle continues and they're heading over the uh, undulating sections of the track. There's a really tricky uh, part of the racetrack there to turn four, five, six, and seven. It's a very distinctive part of this racetrack. We look back just a little bit further back down the order in 10th position overall. That's Kurt Swaringen for the ACI Motorsports team leading in the Gold Cup category. He took another win this morning. Uh, it was a hard-fought win this morning. He was running in third place in the early stages, worked his way through and came away with uh, victory number four on the season and that gives him a five point edge over Efren Castro who's a couple of positions behind him on the road but is in second position in the Gold Cup category at the moment with still 21 minutes remaining. Kurt Swearingen in that uh, very distinctively liveried car has just said his best lap of the race one minute 27.639 and that was uh, not quite as quick as he managed this morning in the race on his way to taking the victory. But uh, he's got a pretty goodly margin at the moment over Efri Castro in the second place in the class. And then quite a long way back in third position is Richard Edge, who is Kurt Swearinger's teammate at ACI Motorsports. Interesting battle starting to develop out on track. Jeremy, just watching the gap, uh, sitting here watching the timing screens and the gaps going up and down. But the intervals, I mean, who are you seeing really starting to come in and out? I'm seeing a good battle with Riley and, and Metney. Yeah, Shay, there's, uh, there's several battles up and down the field, but certainly the best battle on track is the one that is for third position. As Jeff Kingsley puts another lap in the books, a 1 minute 26.14. Uh, pretty much all of his laps are within two or three tenths of a second at the moment. And I think he's driving well within himself at the moment. His, his fastest lap this morning was a 124.9. OK, conditions are a little bit warmer now, so track conditions probably not quite as good as they were earlier on today. But I think he's driving well within himself. Uh, he's got a good margin now. He's got a, uh, a gap of over 3.8 seconds, it was, as he crossed the, lap, the, the line last time around. Over Sebastian Carrazzo, last year's Gold Cup champion, who's looking to score his best result yet after moving up to the Platinum class for this year. We've got Efren Castro trying to hunt down Joseph Lombardo and Efren Castro, who came into the weekend second in points to Kurt Swearingen now finds himself a little bit further behind in points after this morning's race. So Efren, with a little bit of wiggle coming onto his car, trying to get back up ahead of Lombardo and get himself at least on track next in line to try and hunt down that 17 machine. 
He's just a little yeah. bit too far back this lap through. But Riley Dickinson is really turning up the boosters, if you will. He set the fastest overall Sector 1 that lap around as he continues to try and chase down Metney. But Metney stretched back away through Sector 2 as Dickinson closed once again in Sector 3. This is a fantastic yo-yo effect happening between the 99 and the 53 the car from uh, Kelly Moss Road and Race slash AM and Riley Dickinson of Morris Speed because Dickinson has the advantage through sectors one and three, but he's got nothing for Metney through two. He hasn't, which is the uh, the fastest part of the course on the main straight down towards turn four. And uh, you've got to be quick there if you're going to make a, make a pass. This is a difficult circuit on which to make a, an overtake stick. Uh, and the best place to do it, without a doubt, is heading down that long back straightaway down towards turn four. And if you don't have the straight line speed, that's going to be a problem. Uh, but uh, here's this battle here between the uh, the platinum class car of Joseph Lombardo, driving for Wright Motorsports team. He's from Bath, Ohio, so only an hour or so's drive away here from the Mid Ohio Sports Car Course. And and Joseph is uh, doing his best here to hold off Efri Castro. Who looks to the inside. This is not a. This is a battle for position on the racetrack, but not in their respective classes. Efri Castro in that yellow and black car is now up into the second place, and he's going to try to close the gap to Kurt Swearingen. But it's already grown to over four seconds as we've got now tw 17 minutes to go in this race. Yeah, and that, the issue is that uh, Joe Lombardo car, Jeremy, because that is going to be very quick on the fast part of the circuit with these slightly enhanced performance that the Gen 2 cars have or over the earlier versions, courtesy of those electronic upgrades. Kingsley still leads by nearly seven seconds now as Efren Castro, 12th position, coming through the final corner and across the stripe down towards turn one and now having dispatched Lombardo then with four seconds between him he can see that there's no way that you can't see that bright green car and now that Lombardo <laughs> in the white and black and uh, red car has been dispatched after a few tricky laps behind him because of that extra speed to which I was referring it's Kurt Swearingen is uh, in sight both going up towards the keyhole and going down towards turn four it's a lot of real estate to make up though swearing and behind Razo uh, that's ninth and tenth position but again you've got to play the long game in the uh, gold cup category he's not really racing that 57 car so got to pace himself might even use it as a bit of a drafter uh, get a bit of extra pace down the faster parts of the circuit but it's the car behind that he should be worried about meanwhile out front Jeff Kingsley's not worried about anything, Jeremy. He's cruising along and uh, over five seconds now. This has been another cracking drive. Yeah, it really has. He's taken full advantage of uh, this opportunity he was given here as well. Uh, and uh, you started from the pole position, made a great start and led all the way. He just set the fastest lap in the race uh, two laps ago. And this last lap was only a point, well, about eight hundredths of a second slower. So he's a really good, consistent pace at the front of the field. Not as quick as he went this morning, but he doesn't need to go any faster than he's going right now, doing an exemplary job at the head of the field. And you were just talking about the uh, Kurt Swearing, and he just said his fastest lap of the race in the Gold Cup category. So Efren Castro's job, even though he's uh, he can see Swearing ahead of him, I think that uh, green and white Porsche is getting a little bit uh, a little bit smaller in his sights. <laughs> 
Yeah, he's not making that job any easier for sure. Uh, let's go back to the action further up the field as Alan Metney has Riley Dickinson in his world tracks. Could have said that three, four, five laps ago. It's still absolutely true now. Under 15 minutes to go over the top of the Brout turn nine into Thunder Valley. And these two battling it out for a genuine podium position. Remember, Metney is also in the Masters category, but still a cruise points in the Platinum Cup as well. You can tell the Platinum cars, black uh, door mirrors, and uh, the black edges to the shade bands on the windscreen and the black uh, rear wing end plates. The four gold cup cars have the bright yellow wing mirrors, end plates and the edges to the shade bands on uh, on the top of the windscreen. So the second and third, uh, sorry, third and fourth, just go around the keyhole. Sean McAllister continues to fight his way through the field. Michael Manella mm. was put to the sword a lap or so ago, and now he's got Charlie Look ahead of him in that uh, rainbow-sided car with the green hood. And that would be sixth position for McAllister. And all right, he had a bit of help with the safety car, but that's still been a good drive back from Sean. It has, and you know, he's been uh, he's just gaining in confidence these last few races. Has his first podium finish at Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta a couple of weeks ago. And uh, he's looking to build upon that coming in here this weekend. Actually, had two podium finishes there. Had another third-place run this morning, which is a great run, having had some problems yesterday in qualifying with that engine sensor that cost him about five miles an hour on the straight in qualifying. That's why he was down, I think, in the seventh position on the grid for this morning's race. But McAllister now is you know, using that boost of confidence he's got over the last couple of race weekends, and he's really putting the pressure on Charlie Luck. Yeah, Charlie. Well, uh, he's uh, he's got some experience himself, uh, not in uh, perhaps the best position to defend at the moment. But we'll see how that goes on. Sean McAllister right there, and then there's only another second or so up the road before Kenny Marillo uh, would be the next target for Sean McAllister. But I, I, I'm waiting to see how he how far he gets up the field. Still the interest though, yeah. with now six six seconds count them between Kingsley and Carrazzo first and second in the first of the two Kelly Moss Road and race car 16 and 27 and then the third Kelly Moss Road car albeit with the uh, uh, the AM Alan Metney Motorsport as well uh, has got Riley Dickinson there what I've not seen from Riley if I'm honest Jeremy is, is any really determined uh, overtaking manoeuvre the pressure's been put on yes uh, but there hasn't been uh, any look down the inside, not really even any showing of the nose at the moment. And to be fair, Alan Metney is uh, is dealing with that pressure very well indeed. But I think Riley needs to have a little think and try something different. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to disagree with you there, John. I think you're absolutely right because uh, Riley, I think he, he definitely has the faster car. He showed that by putting yeah. the, the car on pole position. Uh, in the qualifying, what yesterday that was, wasn't it? And but he, you know, he's he's not close enough. I think Alan Metney's car looks pretty fleet on the straights, uh, and uh, it's also getting good breaking into the corner as well with the uh, anti-lock brake system they have to use for the Masters cars. And uh, Metney though having to defend now this time into the keyhole. This is lap 22 that they're on right now, and if he's 
I think, uh, you know, Ryan Dickers, he's got to kind of force Metney into making some sort of a mistake if he's going to have any opportunity to pounce and take that third position away. Coming down to 10 minutes. If you're new to this form of racing, the cars start off with enough fuel to do around about 50, 55 minutes of racing. It was a 45-minute race today, so they'll be burning off that racing fuel. The cars will be getting lighter, but at the same time, of course, the performance of the Yorker Harbour tyres, which I should say is very consistent through these longish single uh, make races. Uh, they are very good, but it will be dropping away just a little bit. There's a few tweaks and nuances to the setup that you can make. Some people prefer the car to handle at its best when it's heavy. That sounds odd at the start of the race. Why would you want the car to handle at its best at the start of the race? Because if it's looking after its tyres, then you may just have a little bit of a grip advantage at the end of the race. Other people would say the other way around, nah, no, I'll give up the start of the race. I want the car to come on really strongly at the end. But then you've got to manage that tyre and that is exactly what all of these drivers, the decisions they will have had to make. Well, Sean McAllister across the stripe has caught Charlie. Look, and as they go down into turn one, he does just pull out from behind the number 45 rainbow-sided Porsche and try to get down the inside. But that wasn't going to work in two cars that have such similar uh, performance. Just ahead of them is the number 56 of Kenny Marillo. And that battle actually has dragged those two towards them and as they go through the keyhole Marillo just a little way from the apex of the corner is being caught ever so slightly Jeremy but that battle behind him I think he's just getting a little bit closer and here comes Sean McAllister tries to go to the left and now dives down the inside lovely manoeuvre through the drummy to the left hand side the high side as it would have been for turn four now goes down the inside not the maybe a hint of a locked Yorker Harbour as the unloaded yeah. tyre was turned in but that was a super manoeuvre it was wasn't it nice and incisive there great move again that's just a uh, and, and it just exemplifies the fact he's just gaining in confidence this season that was a really nice pass perfectly executed and you're right that was right on the limit of, of breaking there a little bit of lock up from an inside tyre but through he goes and up now into uh, sixth place for Sean McAllister really good comeback drive yeah, very good, very good. Could easily have lost his concentration after what happened to him earlier on. Meanwhile, the other battle that we've been following is going through turn one uh, and heading up towards the high point of the circuit at the keyhole at mid-Ohio. And still, Alan Metney is doing what he's been doing since what was effectively the second lap, but the first full racing lap uh, of the race. He's just driving up the middle of the road into the keyhole. That's not giving Riley Dickinson any opportunity to throw the car to drivers right and down the inside, get to the kerb at the pointy bit, the apex of the corner first. And at the moment, Riley, well, I bet he knows the part number on the uh, rear wing <laughs> of that guy, not off by heart, because he's been staring at it for about the last 20, 25 minutes. And he's not been able to find anywhere uh, Jeremy Shaw, where his more speed car is any better than the car in front. And this could be the advantage because we've got a spinner through the S's. Well, that um, was Alamedi that... who spun uh, because uh, it, because uh, Riley Dickinson poked his nose down the inside going down into turn six. On this occasion, unlike previously, Metney didn't give him the space. There was contact and around goes Alan Metney. Well, now that's going to be looked at. It won't give the position back to Allen, but I don't think he's going to be a very happy camper. He's dropped back down to where Sean McAllister uh, is. 
So that is down in fifth and sixth position. Kenny Marillo's right in front of him now. So he, how did he miss the tyre wall there, Jeremiah? Did he just graze it with the back of the car as he went around? It looked to me as he, as he almost did a, a 360 down there. Yeah, let's have a look at it again here. And uh, Ryan Dickinson lunges to the inside there. And uh, it was a late move. And I'm sure Alan Metney wasn't expecting it because he, he, the last time he'd have looked in his mirrors before he turned in, uh, the number 53 car wouldn't have been there. Uh, unlike earlier on, where they came out of the previous corner, over the crest of the hill, they were almost side by side, heading down the hill into six. This time they weren't. And Riley Dickinson, you know... If he's going to make a move there, it's got to be more incisive than that. Well, there's contact oh. between the number 99 and the number 11 car. Mentally, he doesn't want to give up any more places, does he? Well, he did hit the tyres and it's uh, deranged the back of his Porsche, including the under uh, the underfloor at the back there. Underneath the engine, you get a little bit of downforce from that, even in these cup cars. Uh, it's knocked off some of the very expensive badges that are on the back of that car uh, as well. So maybe if... Uh, uh, if Riley Dickinson was behind that there he'd have a different set of part numbers to look at but he did get a little tag from Sean McAllister going into turn one and I think that Sean McAllister came off the worst than that because Charlie Luck is back ahead of Sean McAllister there and certainly when, it, when they went across the line those positions were reversed so looking at Alan Metney in fifth McAllister in sixth Luck in seventh uh, and Marillo has now pulled away a little bit and got a little bit of breathing space and has weathered the storm just a little bit after seemingly coming under pressure early on. Kingsley leads by eight and a half seconds now from Carrazzo. Dickinson uh, is another three and a half, three seconds or so behind, but I'm sure that incident will be being looked at by race control. It is, John, and the decision has been made. There will be a penalty for car number 53, incident responsibility. So that is going to be very, very costly for Riley Dickinson's champ championship aspirations. Oh, and, and that's the sort of things on which championships can turn in these super competitive single make championship. He's shunned. Uh, McAllister coming down the inside of Charlie looking to turn four, but he was never really there, and Charlie was super late on the brakes like that. Charlie looking confident, growing in confidence as this race goes on, under five minutes to go. Kingsley Carrazzo, Dickinson will pull out of that, then he'll have to come to the pit lane. And that, in terms of the championship, is massive. And I, I almost sensed a little bit of the frustration, Jeremy. I was saying he'd been following for a long time, but he, he didn't seem to have anything uh, to make a, a decisive move on Metney but in, in championship terms did he have to make that move or should he maybe have just taken the points that he had in the bag well I mean you know, Alan Metney's third in the championship points table so you know he's not going to give up points. anything he's still going to see his sights on, on the championship whoops there's contact again now with Charlie Luck oh. goes spinning around on the exit of the final corner turn 13 unlucky for some certainly unlucky for Charlie Luck that's a strange place for contact to happen Yes, and Charlie gets it pointing in the right direction eventually. He's going to have to run on the grass, I think. Be careful of that front splitter uh, as through goes the rest of the field. Now, did he get a helping hand? Oh, he did. He did get a helping hand. McAllister did give him a little nudge. Coming yeah, out of the corner, oddly. Well, that's the thing, John. I mean, the, the full acceleration there. So, you know, these cars have uh, paddle shifts and flat shift uh, Oh, no, he was technology. on the middle so of the corner. It's, it's weird that he would... Uh, you know, why the number 45 car would have 
checked up apparently there. I mean, that's the only way that the other car could have, could have had a run on him. That was a really odd incident. Again, it will be being looked Number at. Number 53 car, by the way, John, has served his drive-through penalty. Excuse me. Yeah, thank you. So that will uh, elevate Kenny Murillo to a podium position. Um, but I, I've got a strong suspicion that Alan Metney wants that podium position back. He was uh, in third when he was unceremoniously dumped off to the right-hand side of the S's. Oh, and Metney's in the pit lane. Metney peels off as well. So is that the damage that has caused him to come in? I haven't seen him being called for a penalty. And yes, I, I he don't has. Think he's done... He has. Yes, he has. Uh, incident response. But that must have been the contact between himself and what well, it was Sean McAllister, wasn't it, as they headed to... Towards, to turn the, uh, one. To, towards turn one yeah well could have been called for blocking then in that case if that's the case well that's a very interesting one so the stewards room will be very busy indeed yeah. race director with a few people <laughs> to talk to after this one wow. as we head into the last couple of minutes it hasn't bothered well, the, it hasn't it, bothered Kingsley at the front of the field <laughs> he's out on his own isn't he he's just he's literally making hey while the sun shines here, here at mid-Ohio he's uh, running serenely into the not quite sunset but it's really a great effort by by Jeff the stewards have been busy that that was a it was incident responsibility it wasn't blocking and it was for the incident with car number 11 but also right. now the number 11 car Sean McAllister who's now up into the fourth position he too has got a penalty yeah as a result of the incident with Charlie Luck a few laps ago as well. But that was a really strange incident because they should be accelerating flat out coming out of the carousel. Why there would be any contact between two identical cars heading towards the start-finish line? That was a really strange one. Uh, very strange indeed, Jeremy. But the uh, decision's been made and we, uh, we have seen this class in the past... Uh, have rather too much contact and I, I suspect that the race director and I don't blame uh, race control at all does not want on a three race weekend to let this get away there's one more race tomorrow and they are making sure everybody knows what is expected of them what a great race what a great race for Kelly Moss Roden race to have the top two positions almost took the full podium there until the issue for Alan Metney, who has since had a penalty on him as well. So a few frustrations boiling over here. 29 seconds to go in the second race of the weekend for the IMSA Porsche GT3 Cup Challenge USA by Yokohama. Jeff Kingsley then in the green and white car comes through to start his last lap. It will be white flag, I'm sure, this time around. And yes, indeed it is. He's cleared off. Nobody, yeah. nobody has been anywhere near him. Not from the start, not from the restart. Uh, Riley Dickinson, remember, started on the front row, dropped down. He's going to get fourth position. Uh, and he has been into the pits, as Jeremy said, to serve his drive-through. I think he can... I think he can find himself, uh, uh, count himself, Riley, uh, this week, uh, well, this race, Jeremy, a little fortunate to have got back to fourth position. Uh, he's benefited from other people having uh, having penalties served on them later in the race. Yeah, and uh, his Kurt's wearing and kicking up a bit of dust there at the carousel, and he's got uh, 
Sean, the recovering Sean McAllister, recovering again Sean McAllister behind him. This is a battle for eighth and ninth on the road, but Kurt Swaringen uh, has a pretty handy lead over his uh, main adversary in the Gold Cup category, Efren Castro, who did set the fastest lap of the race, by the way, a couple of laps ago at Castro in the second position in the class and a couple of positions behind the leader, Kurt Swaringen. It's Jeremy Shaw. I'm John Hindhoff. And we're coming round to a fabulous victory in about half a lap's time for Jeff Kingsley, who, in fact, not even that, in one corner's time, he's gone through. There's the chequered flag. And he will pick up top points here in round two of three, or race two of three at mid-Ohio. That's about as close to a perfect race, Jeremy, as I think anybody could drive. It'll be Carrazzo in second. Kenny Marillo, what a result for the 56 team and for Kenny Marillo in third position. Came under pressure, but uh, weathered that storm, again helped by the penalties. Dickinson will come through in fourth position, as long as he can get that to the line. And the top five will be made up by Michael Manella, who's had uh, a fairly quiet race in the context of what's been going on. Actually, I'm just minding my own business. I'll be fine. Kurt Swearingen <laughs> will take the uh, 17 car to victory lane for the cup class ahead of Efren Castro, who uh, was frustrated in his efforts to get uh, to the back of that car by uh, interlopers from the other categories and uh, those two will continue their fight in the gold cup category but kingsley jeff kingsley my goodness me get the videotape for that jeff i'm sure it'll be some kind of digital file nowadays but that was an absolute masterclass Perfect drive there for Jeff Kingsley. That'll extend his championship lead even more for this Kelly Moss Road and Race team. The most successful team by a long way in this championship history. Again, carrying the colours of racing for children's there on that uh, green and white car. Brilliant performance by him. A quick note here for Riley Dickinson, though, who set the fastest lap of the race on the final go around. He was trying he to catch up with Kenny Marillo. So uh, maybe some consolation. No championship points, though. It'll be fourth place position then for Riley Dickinson. Well, the defining part of the race behind Jeff Kingsley and Sebastian Carrazzo were the penalties. And I think Alan Metney will feel particularly aggrieved as it was uh, him that was originally bumped out of third position. But of course, he had been doing uh, a bit of incident responsibility as well. So he got called for that. But ultimately... The top two, and I think Sebastian Carrazzo, actually, we probably haven't said quite enough about him, Jeremy, because he made a very strong move early on, took his chances, um, wasn't going to get near to Jeff, over eight seconds at the end. But you've got to say that he took his chances very well and made sure he made the most of what he had to do and gets second place as a reward. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, 22-year-old from uh, Guaynabo in, in Puerto Rico is a great performance, really, by, by Carrazzo. His best result so far since moving up to the category, platinum category. One more race tomorrow. Can Jeff Kingsley do it again? Kurt Swearingen, he's looking for a full weekend of points as well. Thanks to Jeremy Shaw. I'm John Hindorf. See you tomorrow. This programme is a production of IMSA and Radio Show Limited. For more, visit RadioLeMond.com.